Hi everyone, and welcome back to the Fowler Hour. Today you guys have just got me. Yeah, hi, it's just me, it's your host, it's Connor, and it's just going to be a solo episode today. I took a whole bunch of topic suggestions from you guys over on Instagram, and it made a lot of sense to me to do these solo episodes so we can deep dive on one specific topic at a time. Now before we get started into today's show, I have a little bit of housekeeping. I've checked on iTunes recently at the amount of reviews that we've got, and I would absolutely love to see your review on there as well. By rating us five stars or leaving a written review as well, I'll read the reviews that have been written out on the show, and also it helps us climb up the podcast rankings so more people can more easily discover the show. Today we're also sponsored by Skillshare to help you guys improve your skills and upgrade your design game. Now, Skillshare is an online learning platform with courses from Paula Share, Aaron Draplin, Gary Vaynerchuk, and a whole host of other awesome people, including certified Adobe instructors who can help you master the design creative cloud software. The affiliate link, which is down in the description, is skl.sh slash cfowlerdesign. will get you two free months of unlimited classes. You can watch and learn as much as you want within that two-month period. And if you're not satisfied or you just can't continue the subscription, you can cancel it at any time and not be charged a dime, which is even better. So that's all we've got for today's housekeeping. And if you're enjoying this show, say, rate us on iTunes, we'd really appreciate it. And also... If you like the solo episode, let me know on Instagram or on Twitter by sharing the show using the hashtag FowlerHour or just sharing the podcast from whichever app you are using at the moment. On today's show, I want to talk about a topic Brian Hollingsworth at the BKH brought to my attention, which is the differences between inspiration and referencing. There's quite a lot of talk in the last kind of, well, it's more of a general conversation, I think, to be honest, about the differences between what is actually inspiration and what have you accidentally copied and when is it okay to look at other people's work to see whether you have referenced them, whether to you have maybe can learn something from them, maybe you can learn a way to make your idea better or stronger, and where is the line? Where is the line between inspiration, copying, and referencing? And that's what I wanted to tackle in today's show. So firstly, what is inspiration? How does it actually come about? Generally, inspiration comes from our subconscious. So these can be subconscious thoughts that our mind puts together either in our sleep, when you're daydreaming, or even when you're just doing boring tasks. That could be you're on the treadmill at the gym, you could be showering, you could be washing dishes, you could be hanging clothes. Anything that doesn't require your creative mind, providing you haven't got any other content going into your ears or visually, maybe you're doing something like listening to a podcast while you wash the dishes, it's unlikely your subconscious mind is going to be working as effectively as it could to get inspiration, but it probably still is going on in the background. Now, typically, as I said, inspiration will come from your subconscious mind. And your subconscious mind is taking all of the experiences you have had in the past, all of the experiences you've got from your childhood, from the last couple of years, from even yesterday, and what you're having, what you're experiencing in your recent memory, and then compiling them all together against the problem that you have right now. So for example, if you're running into a problem with finding an idea for a logo design, your brain will work on it in the background and start to pile in all these other ideas and experiences into your mind to see what it can conjure up in the background while you're doing something else which is one of the reasons people talk so much about sleep on it. So if you make a decision or you come up with an idea, the best thing to do is not to present it right away, not to finalize it right away, 
but to go away and sleep on that idea rather than just kind of diving straight headfirst into it. Now, sometimes your subconscious mind will come up with these ideas, this, these sparks of inspiration, and they'll be really innovative. But also sometimes they'll be really dumb or they'll be something you've seen before or you'll show it to someone else and they'll go, oh yeah, you've just kind of copied that. And you'll be thinking, oh, this, this really unique idea that I've had is definitely not unique anymore. And what am I going to do about that? But it is inspiration nonetheless. It still comes under this idea of inspiration because your subconscious mind has worked on it. It's kind of come to you in a flash and you've got it down on paper as fast as you could. Those sparks of inspiration, you want to be able to capture those as much as possible. So I always recommend having some kind of notebook around or something I did actually the other day. I was drifting off to sleep and I had an idea for one of the logos that I was working on. So I spent the time to just whip out my phone, pull up Instagram stories and really crudely using Instagram stories, draw in the design. And by drawing in that design, it became really easy to figure out what I was going to do next with it. And I woke up in the morning, looked at these scrolls I put onto my phone screen and to see that actually what I had made could be a viable idea as well. So that's kind of, that's inspiration in a nutshell. So now we'll talk about what referencing is and how it is potentially good and how it's bad. So what is referencing? So when I talk about referencing, I'm talking about using a book, a website, or some kind of research tool to seek out ideas or answers that will help solve the problem that you have right in front of you. So you're not really using inspiration so heavily here, but this is looking to another source for the idea or the answer you're looking for. So this could be looking at something like Dribble, books, magazines, Instagram, all for examples of either what you're creating or something adjacent to it that could be used to draw elements or ideas from directly or indirectly. It's a bit of a vague way of describing this, but we'll dive into that in a little bit further uh, in a minute. But when you're using referencing, it's usually things like making a Pinterest board, for example. You could be making a dribble bucket. You could be making some bookmarks on Twitter. You're gathering together all these ideas from different places and different sources to help you solve whatever problem you're doing. And there are some good ways of doing this and there are some potentially damaging ways for the work that you create, especially as creatives. It's a little bit different if you're talking about, I don't know, maybe you work in office admin and you need some resources to help you make an Excel spreadsheet. Like that's not a particularly creative creative pursuit. Whereas if you're being a designer, a logo designer, it can be quite detrimental to just use referencing as your main source of quote unquote inspiration. So when do you research, when do you use references of other people's work in your own process? Usually it comes as part of the research phase. So most designers will look at other people's works in kind of a heavy handed way. They'll be getting an idea and then looking immediately at what other people have done. So let's say your brief is to make a lion logo. This is a metaphor I'll keep coming back to, by the way. If your brief is to make a logo for a lion, often designers will just go, oh, why don't I just go and find some good photos of a lion? And then they'll go and immediately look at other people's lion logos. And we'll get onto why that's bad in a minute but that's what I mean when I say you're looking at other people's work in a heavy-handed way you're actually just looking for what you're wanting to make rather than looking at it indirectly or looking at things adjacent to it I personally use referencing later on in the process particularly when it comes to looking at what I'm trying to create often I'll use referencing when checking to see if a design has already been made or whether it's not been made before and what <laughs> easily one of the easiest ways to kind of look at this is to say, well, referencing is one of the final tools you should use in your process. 
And here's why, because there are two types of referencing. There's the lead, the type that leads to inspiration, and there's the type that leads to things like unintentional copying or outright copying, depending on how you perceive that. Our mind is quite easily manipulated in this way into thinking that an idea that we've had is unique or brand new. We can often go and look at some other references or look at some work you've made in the past and go, oh yeah, that was, that was pure inspiration what I've made and you weren't copying anything at all. I wasn't copying anything. It was just my pure brain power, the, the pure electricity inside me that, that made these ideas come to life. When, as I mentioned at the top of the show, inspiration is a culmination of all the experiences you've had in your entire life. It's not just a case of, oh, I woke up and I had this original thought immediately. There are almost no original thoughts anymore and no original ideas. Most things are just remixes of something else someone has made. But there's nothing wrong with that because you can still make a great remix that is unique. It just won't be a purely 110% unique idea without any kind of source or previous knowledge or references attached to it. When it comes to good and bad referencing, one of the ways I like to look at it is there's a there's a meme that goes around, which is, God, I'm going to be referencing so many memes in this show. Um, but it's a great way to see kind of how our brain is easily manipulated into thinking an idea we've had is unique. And it's the, I made this meme, where it's two people, I'm just describing a meme on the show now, but you know, these things. Uh, so it's, it's two people and one person says, hey, I made this and they're holding a box. Then they show it to another person and the person goes, no, I made this. I made this. I definitely made this. And they keep retelling themselves that story and eventually it becomes their own truth. So eventually they begin to feel and begin to see that this box they're holding is actually their own and they've completely forgotten about its origin. They've completely forgotten about what made it or who made it or why it was made. They just think that they made it and that's the, the be all and end all for it. That's the best way I think I can describe this idea that your brain is very easily tricked and very easily manipulated into thinking something you've made is your own unique idea. But that's not exactly a bad thing all the time, but we'll go on to now what bad referencing is. Now, bad referencing is when you go and look at exactly what you're trying to make. And I've been, I've fallen kind of prey to this and I've done this myself in the past. I would often create a logo or have an idea for a logo, even if it's just something personal for me. And rather than making something myself first, I would actually just go and look at what other people have made, get inspired, quote unquote, which wasn't actually inspiration from other people, and then go and do something and make something along those similar veins. So actually what I was doing was more practice than it was inspiration. I wasn't intentionally, although I thought I was trying to make something brand new and fresh and unique, I was actually just loading the front of my mind with these other people's designs and then leading it through to what I thought was my own idea, when in reality it was just a very obvious culmination of the things I had just looked at. So when you're filling your mind up with these ideas of what other people have made, it kind of blocks the ability for your brain to do the subconscious thing of putting ideas together to make your own inspiration, your own ideas. Now, this is kind of bad because it can lead to unintentional copying. What will happen is you'll make a design, you'll be looking at other people's work, again, going back to the lion logo analogy, where if you're looking at lion logos all the time, trying to make a lion logo, you're probably gonna accidentally copy someone or make a design that is so similar to someone else's work 
that it's not going to pass. You wouldn't be able to get it through trademark law. Like I've seen really obvious things in the past where someone has clearly looked at a reference of someone else's work and then just made something not quite as good or slightly different, but not a percentage difference that's large enough to actually be viable. And people think this is normal. People often, particularly designers and creators, will think it's normal to just go and look at what they're trying to make. And I, I really feel the best ideas that you can come up with are ones when you don't do that. Because obviously none of us want to copy, none of us want to intentionally go out of our way to break down these ideas and copy someone else. But these things happen. So you've got to be conscious of it and make sure that you're doing things against those ideas and changing your process so it actually reflects something that is going to be useful and good for you and your own creativity and your own inspiration. So when can referencing be good? Good referencing can lead to inspiration through subconscious problem solving and putting your brain in new scenarios, in new situations, and allowing two different puzzle pieces to kind of, in your mind, be put together, rather than just picking the first thing that comes into your brain. So when you're doing bad referencing and you're looking at what you're trying to make, your brain will just take the first thing that's at the front of your mind, which is going to be one of these lion logos. It's going to be taking that idea and just going, oh yeah, why don't we do that? And it's just going to be going the easy route. And that's a very conscious thought. That's not really kind of the subconscious brain getting involved there at all. So when I talk about using the subconscious mind and good referencing, what you want to be doing is looking at elements, design choices, and how you could implement those into your own ideas. So often what I will do is look at a logo design book. So for example, again, I'm going to keep that lion logo analogy going. If I was going to make a lion logo, I wouldn't go and look at lion logos. What I would do is I'd go look at any other logo related to animals and see how the natural forms of these animals are depicted in logos. Or I'll go and look at Logo Modernism, the big kind of A3 encyclopedia book, and look at all the abstract logos in there instead. Because the abstract logos often have really unique and interesting ways of showcasing shape, showcasing form, and showcasing function in a very small space, particularly when it's in just black and white. So by doing that, you fill your brain with all these different ideas that are not lion logos. You get all these different ingredients into your mind, which you can then kind of put in the back. You can kind of just soak all this up, get some references and some inspiration, little, little bits of inspiration maybe from those references into your mind, and then allow your brain to figure it out and to see where these puzzle pieces could fit together. Maybe it would be something to do with thick lines or negative space or the way someone's used a particular color or the way they've used opacity to create the design. Whatever it is, by looking at things in an adjacent field rather than exactly what is the most obvious thing and the first thing to look at, your brain actually has to do some work, which then it means it can lead to more innovative ideas and expanding on the design idea or the problem leading to a better solution to the problem that you've had. One of the ways to also think about this is you've got to think about it kind of like a stew, which sounds a bit weird, but a stew will often take many, many hours to cook to get right. It will need a lot of attention, but it also need to be left alone. So when it comes to being inspired by something, I like to think of it that way. So you go, right, we're going to start off with our base ingredients. Now your base ingredients are probably going to be the brief, 
and the ideas you have in your mind immediately. Just the ones that you're thinking about right now. Nothing crazy, nothing super over the top generally, but just the ideas you have right now. Then what you're gonna do is you're gonna add in some little bits of ingredients. You're gonna add in a few more ingredients as time goes by. You're gonna stir the pot around. You're gonna mix all these things together, add a couple bits of seasoning maybe, some spices, and then you just leave it for a bit. You leave it to sit and boil and cook over a little bit more then you go back to it and you check it and you taste it and you see okay is that right is that enough maybe we need to add a bit more salt or a bit more seasoning in another way and it will improve and improve and improve over time until the finished project finished product at the end is actually worth eating is actually worth diving into is actually something a bit more inspired than just taking your initial ingredients boiling them down and saying cool we're done here now if you were to do this the other way and just follow a recipe book which is kind of the idea of bad referencing you're just taking the first thing that comes to mind or the first thing that's the most obvious choice yeah you might end up with an okay product but it's going to be the same as everyone else's who followed that same recipe book and when you're a creative designer you don't particularly want to be doing that you want to be making sure that the ideas you create are more unique and more suitable for your specific client's needs or even just your specific project idea you just don't want it to be the same as everyone else's that has come before it. So that's the differences between good and bad referencing. Bad referencing is going to be pulling things into your conscious mind. It's going to be right at the forefront of your head. And you're just going to be filling your brain with ideas for what you're trying to create. And you'll probably end up accidentally copying them. Whereas good referencing can lead to more inspiration and lead to better problem solving because you allow your subconscious brain and your conscious brain, both sides of it, to be filled with ideas that are similar, adjacent, or even just elements that are completely different to what you're trying to create. And your brain tries to fit all those puzzle pieces together. Inspiration is different from referencing, but they can work together. Now, how do you play that out in your own design process? So I'm gonna speak specifically about a logo design process here, but you guys can definitely apply these concepts and these steps and these stages to your own work. That could be in web design, that could be UX, UI, that could be brand strategy if you wanted to. Well, maybe not so much brand strategy, but the you get the idea. You could apply this into anything that requires multiple stages of thought and a creative design process. So when it comes to a logo design, I'd suggest that you don't start out by looking at anybody else's work, particularly on what you're trying to create. I don't need to run through that line analogy again. You guys have probably already got that lion logo down in your mind. Instead, focus on the ideas that come to mind immediately when you've read the brief, whether they're good or bad. They might be even really crap ideas, but get these down on paper. Just use a pen and some pencils or a really rough sketchbook or some scrap paper and just get these initial ideas down. So when I get a brief, when I've discussed with the client what we're gonna do, and I understand exactly where we're going in terms of the, the art direction and the brief, I will sit down with my sketchbook and I'll spend four hours maybe, maybe a couple, maybe less than that, sometimes two to four hours, just getting my rough initial ideas down with having no more references than just the stylescape that we've created which typically doesn't have any logos on at all, or if it does, it might have one or two at the most. So they're just going for stylistic choice rather than what we're trying to actually create. Now, these initial ideas are really good because you can reference those later and you can build on them. And by having this kind of untainted brain dump, which is some words I probably never should say ever again, but the thoughts are clear, the thoughts are unique, the thoughts are untainted by anybody else's work or anybody else's ideas, which can then potentially lead to better 
solutions later on. Now, when you've kind of run that dry and you have no more initial ideas left, that's when I'd start to look towards your research that you've done previously and the references that cover topics that are adjacent to what you're doing. Again, that could be if you're making a lion logo, that could be looking at other animal logos. If you're looking at letter logos, go and look at abstract logos. If you're looking at building, if you're looking at a logo for a building company, maybe go and look at something in a similar kind of heavy duty area like mechanics or a car shop. They're the same thing. Or go and look at something in a completely different area like floral, um, what they called florists or something. But be, be really clear with the fact you're looking at references that are adjacent or opposite to what you're doing. As long as they fit within kind of the same realm of the stylescape, that's okay. But just don't look at what you're trying to create all the time. So that's the second phase. And you want to make sketches off the back of that as well. So we've kind of done two rounds worth of sketches up to this point, increasing the level of references as we go. So then the third and final step, this is what I do for my logo design process, is when I, if I feel like I'm completely out of ideas and if I absolutely have to, I will look and see what other people have created that is the same as what I'm trying to go for and to see if I can get some final last bits of initial thoughts or, or eureka moments or tiny sparks of inspiration from that but only really do that if you absolutely have to because particularly in the early stages if you start looking at other people's work so much and so heavily what will end up happening is you will just taint the entire project from then on you will only be able to see your work and that other people's work in your mind and they'll just merge together into one idea and you'll end up thinking it's your own unique idea and then potentially get done for copying somebody else or something like that which obviously none of us want to do none of us intentionally are trying to do but you want to try and avoid it as much as you can by putting these processes in place so we'll discuss more in detail about what accidental copying means and how to avoid it at a later date, probably on another show. But I wouldn't worry about it until you've created at least some rough concepts or formulated a, a, like an actual digital design. So rather than doing things like, I know some people who would create the logo sketches and then go online and look for the designs or look to make sure they're not copying someone when they haven't even made the design digital yet, which can be really detrimental because if you're not spending the time to actually create the design firsthand and get your ideas out and finish your idea, you're stifling your own creativity because you'll think, oh, all these sketches I've made are just copies of what other people have done. Why did I bother in the first place? And then you just beat yourself up and it will just go round and round and round and round, which you, you probably don't want to happen. I'm going to suggest you don't want that to happen. Um, but that's why we go through this process of do your own ideas like this initial brain dump onto some paper just based on the brief and the research you've done. Then add a little bit of references in from books or magazines or dribble, but in completely different areas. And then thirdly, if you absolutely have to, look at what other people have created in that same space. And it will give you those final ideas potentially, but it's generally not the best way to do it. So try and just do those first two steps to make sure that you are sticking to the side of inspiration rather than just directly referencing something and stealing or copying or unintentionally using the same ideas someone else already has. Then when you've done all this process, you want to make sure you give yourself time to think it over in your subconscious. Now, that could be printing out the designs you've created and blowing them up big on a wall. That could be just looking at your book every couple of hours or your sketchbook every couple of hours and then sleeping on it. And all these things will help you formulate better ideas and better solutions for your clients because when you've done that, 
it becomes very easy to see the trail that you've created, to see that actually your ideas are more based on inspiration than they are on the references. And then you can check that against potentially what other people have done to see whether you have copied someone by accident. It's much better to have copied somebody by accident than to be called out or found out for using someone as a direct reference and your work looking identical to them. Accidents happen, but this process will help prevent that as much as possible. And again, we'll talk about how to check logo designs to make sure that they are unique and your own in a later episode. So by using this method correctly and breaking it down stage by stage, you'll actually lead to more inspired moments in your design process. And going back to that idea of the stew, by adding seasoning and ingredients as you go, little by little, you have more freedom to experiment and explore, and your ideas actually have more time to marinate and cook kind of and boil together, which is exactly what you want. You don't want to rush the process but you also need to make sure you're giving it enough attention so it can do its job properly when harnessed correctly inspiration can be really powerful but you just need to make sure that you give it time to grow and expand and kind of explore on its own we're using the subconscious mind here so if you're not subconscious or even obviously that's talking about sleep but if you're not doing things like giving yourself time to rest or not giving yourself time to daydream or go and do menial tasks like washing the dishes then these inspired moments are less less likely to happen at all then referencing on the other hand is a really handy tool when you feel stuck but it should not be the place where you start most of the time and you always want to remember that there's a difference between good and bad referencing. One of them will lead to innovation and the other will lead generally just to disaster. You'll end up creating something that is so similar to someone else's work that you may as well not have done it in the first place, especially when you're trying to do it for a, like a client project. If you're just doing it for practice, then that's perfectly okay. But if you're using this for a client project, I'd really steer clear of the bad style of referencing and just focus on doing good referencing so that you don't copy and you spend more time being inspired by the work that you do. I hope this episode has been really useful for you guys, especially since this is a topic I get asked about all the time. I don't want to be copying someone, but where do I get inspiration from? It's kind of a moral dilemma between what people want to do and how they want to get there. So hopefully you found this episode useful. If you have, please share the show on Twitter or on Instagram. Be sure to tag me at cfowlerdesign and use the hashtag fowlerhour. Or if you're feeling exceptionally lovely, leave us a review on iTunes and I'll read one out on the next solo episode. I'm going to be trying to keep these to about 30 minutes, depending on the topic. Some of them will be shorter, some of them will be longer. But that's about how much I can do before my voice kicks out. And I would just be rambling on for ages and ages and ages, giving you tons of stories about this. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Fowler Hour. And we'll be back next same time next week, maybe with a guest. We'll figure it out. See you guys in a bit. Bye for now.